Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this is our episode, Cues of the Force, Quotidian of the Force. No, that's just a fun word to say. It's Questions of the Force. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock. You say Q, I am here with A's, and that's what we love doing here. I like that you uh, you turned it into maybe like a, a fun chant that could be uh, done at parties. Uh, I say Q, you say A, Q, A, Q, A. We love questions answered. <laughs> uh, we are going to get into the wonderful cues from our kind uh, listeners, and we will hopefully provide some A's. We got a couple of A's to do right here at the top of the podcast. The first one is A is for Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you 
by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. Uh, you know, for our release schedule, we might have already released our discussion of Battle Scars <laughs> by Sam Meggs. Right. I get confused. Uh, yeah. So if you'd like to listen to that, if you'd like to be all ready for the story in the video game Jedi Survivor, please do check this out on us. It is free to you, and it really does help us out. If you'd like to do that, you can download that free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. One A down, another A to go. Go for it, Ken. Yes, our current ask, and we've been asking, and you all have been answering another A there, Andros, and we appreciate it. We're asking you to uh, maybe consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, we have a new goal out there, and again, because of the way we record, we could have already hit it, but this is the goal. We're excited to do it, uh, is uh, at $2,200 a month. We're going to do another ranked live stream direct to all of our Patreon supporters, and then that will go live after, of course, but it's a fun, interactive, uh, exclusive way, if you like that word, exclusive. We're here about sharing the love at our Patreon page, but it's uh, fun for all of you who support us so uh check it out there uh we have the indiana jones and the perilous podcast uh going there leading up to dial of destiny a lot of things over there so consider checking out patreon.com slash force center and then a bonus ask uh, some of you have already done this but we're going to continue to ask until uh, may 17th when the survey we put out closes at 8 p.m pacific but we've got a survey out there uh, and uh, this is very key. And I know I'm with you. Sometimes you get a survey email and you're like, no, I already shopped at uh, Walgreens. I don't need to tell you how, <laughs> how it was. But this is important to uh, continuing to build, grow and plan for the future of Force Center. And we really would love uh, responses. And we've got a lot already. But we're hoping to get a total of 1000 responses, kind of a magic number to open up the uh, the actual research that that is a full test of all of our audience there so if you want to uh, do that you can go to our socials there's links there but if you have a pen and paper handy write this down surveymonkey.com slash r slash v j k eight six eight oh gosh oh oh <laughs> did you hear me lean in because i try to lean in with my bad eyes these days here we go again surveymonkey.com <laughs> slash r slash v j k Eight K seven nine. There you go. Surveymonkey.com slash R V J K eight K seven nine. It's like request number on a radio station. Uh, there we go. Check it out. But like I said, the easiest way, if you just, when you're done laughing at me, go to our socials. You'll find a link there. It'll be fun. Ken, in order for us to continue on this podcast and for me to not, to know that you're not a robot, I'm going to show you a picture. And if you could tell me which squares have motorcycles in them, that (laughs) would be great. Please, which one have bridges? But the bridge is kind of in that. Is it's is the corner of the bridge in that one? Yeah. Is this not all a picture of a bridge? Like, yeah, <laughs> I've failed uh, that, those a couple times. Uh many times indeed. So my eyes let me down. There we go. That is our uh, asks for today. Yeah. So we have passed uh, through the the first two A's. So now we can get to the titular A of answers. But in order to have answers. You gotta have questions. Hey, there, there's a philosophical question. Can you just have an answer without a question? Uh, we will not resolve that one today. Instead, we'll take these two questions from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter and Aaron Motes. Aaron says, I like both canon and legends. 
At Star Wars Celebration Europe, Lucasfilm announced a new Jedi Order film, a dawn of the Jedi film, and Ahsoka says, heir to the Empire in the teaser for her show. I don't expect one-to-one adaptations, but these are very specific titles for Legends fans. Why do you think they're being used? This is a really great uh, question because obviously the uh, Ahsoka just just saying the title "Heir to the Empire" <laughs> right. pretty big, uh, and then the revelation that uh, Filoni is making a film uh, that mm-hmm. he described as the New Republic versus an Imperial Remnant. That stuff all rings real loud, real clear. Perhaps there's going to be some legends uh expanded universe ties uh but aaron bringing in these terms on the timeline the new jedi order the dawn of the jedi make it even more powerful to fans of legends so ken where do you go with this uh do you think it's beyond the heir to the empire do you think it's uh purposeful to be using these terms that uh that fans might be really familiar with Ooh, mm, trip me up uh, now that i thought about it a little more specifically. First of all, a lot of this is happening, I think, just because Dave is a Legends fan, right? So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's with you, Aaron. And uh, how do I say? Yeah, yeah. Air of the Empire, yes. Right? There's no there's no escape in that. That was so intentional. New Jedi Order and Dawn of the Jedi. Don't forget there was also a book called The Last Jedi, right? And, mm-hmm. and I just, a comic. And a comic, right? Or maybe it was the comic and not a book. I apologize. Maybe it's both. So I think it's... There's there's generic enough titles that it's possible that James Mangold was like, and I'm going to call it Dawn of the Jedi. And everyone was like, yeah, that's great. And no one at the table in the negotiation went, oh, it was a novel from 1998 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't want to that. I don't mean that to dampen any uh, passion for, for the titles that legend fans might have. I think it works both ways, whether it's completely... Yeah, no, these are just kind of gentle enough tider, titles. What else would you call it? It's Ray starting a, you know, blank new, <laughs> blank Jedi Order. It's got to be new, right? Um, but 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 the fact that it does stoke the passions of Legends fans whose ears might perk up, I think that's a, an added uh, bonus. Not unlike Rogue Squadron, right? That that Everyone got excited. And, and mm-hmm. uh, the downside is then you have to kind of maybe part of the marketing is, but not like the video game, <laughs> you know, which would <laughs> be its own set of problems. So that's where I start with this conversation, Aaron. Uh, I, I think if, if it gets you excited in that way, then that's how it works and that's how it should feel. Yeah. I, I really agree with all of that. I think the heir to the empire and the, the culmination of the Mandoverse truly being about the new Republic era and, and setting up Thrawn as a, a, a bit of the, uh, the big bad, of the era, one would assume. I, I don't think he's going to be out of the, out of the count at the end of Ahsoka season one. I think if Filoni's film is the New Republic versus a uh, Imperial Remnant, I think Thrawn's going to be leading it. I could be wrong, yeah. but so I think everything about that heir to the Empire, the the revelation of Thrawn. I think that's a declaration of intent. Um, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We talked on our news show this week about uh, another interview with uh, Favreau and Filoni on the podcast Dagobah Dispatch, uh, where Filoni was talking about, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, uh, that Mm -hmm. as a kid growing up, always Return of the Jedi was the end of the story, but really wondering what happened next. And then uh, we jump forward eventually to episode seven, uh, way far in the future, but that means there's all these other stories that have kind of been told but uh, maybe some of that stuff could kind of happen uh, i feel like there there's a real um 
continual underlining of, yes, we're going to deal with some of the legends ideas. And, and that really tracks for me that, that ever since the, the new canon has been announced, um, there's really been a, 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 a desire and I think a success of including characters and ideas. We've had Thrawn mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. come back, Rook in Rebels as well. Uh, right, right. Co- the 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 Corn Horn uh, tease, <laughs> which oh, yeah. sounds like some uh, weird weird uh, county dance. The Corn Horn tease, but uh, <laughs> the Corn Horn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a. Did I, am I saying that right? Uh, <laughs> I think we'll ask Alex Damon, um, favorite character of all time. Yeah, I'm, I'm googling it right now because it, it sounds dirty. Nope, that's it. Corin Horn. Corin Horn. <laughs> Corin Horn in Kenobi. Uh, it was. By the way, there's all some of the problems I do have with Legends. Of like, you could have something else could have. Kent Horn. I don't know why it's striking me this way. It's it on paper. It sounds like that's a cool name, but uh, Corin Horn. I, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Corrin mm-hmm. Horn in mm-hmm. Kenobi, uh, Jackson in the books and comics, uh, uh, uh the the old bounty hunter Vance uh, being yeah. a, a big oh, deal. The bounty hunter comedy, yeah. mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. bringing back Dirge, uh, from the the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, the, the Dark mm-hmm. Troopers uh, from many sources, but I encountered them in video games. Uh, mm-hmm. being in Mandalorian, uh, I think it's easier for us to forget now that Life Day crept its way back into canon. Uh. It is a big deal. The cheer in in the theater from the the hardcore Star Wars fans when Kira mentions Taras Kasi, um, yeah. Chewie's family uh, names, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all throughout uh, what what is Legends in canon uh, or Legends in, in EU in, in modern canon. There's been a desire to to bring it in and mm-hmm. interpret it, and maybe. Uh, maybe this is maybe this is Floney saying I've always loved that stuff too. I'm I'm bringing it in, and this is now the the ultimate challenge. What what do you do with some of the characters that are harder to reckon with in modern canon? Uh, mm-hmm. How do you uh, adapt Mar Jade so fans who've loved her are excited to see Mar Jade, but everything tracks with the uh, with the Inquisitors and how mm-hmm. Luke might feel about the idea of attachments now that that's been so fleshed out in the prequel era. Yeah. Um, you know what? What do you do with somebody like Joris Saboth? How do, how does that character uh, mm-hmm. fit in with the modern ideas of what which Jedi survived in 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 all mm-hmm. that? It, in some ways, it, it seems like Filoni has always, and many other creators, but Filoni in particular has always liked to reintroduce Legends characters. And now, is he heading towards the ultimate challenge of bringing mm-hmm. in some of the most beloved and one, making yeah. them work in modern canon? Yeah, no, this is great stuff here. It reminds me, first of all, I love Aaron's question starts with, hey, uh, I'm reading this, Aaron, in my own voice. Maybe it's not how you wrote it, but hey, uh, I like both canon and legends. Sorry. <laughs> kind of like this, <laughs> we don't have to choose. And and I'm one who's, you know, been a little anti-legends at times and I'll have to own it. And I have a reason, a specific reason for that I can reiterate that I've mentioned the podcast probably years ago. But I love what you're saying, Joseph, of... um it goes beyond even what I think, right? I I no longer think as a life day as a, a canon adjacent holiday special thing. I just think of it as a thing in Star Wars, uh, and that's just the magic of when you do that, and when you do it in a in a way that has purpose, uh, a way that maybe has a spirit of fun. I think sometimes there's references that are fun, um, and I think there's sometimes you get a a, a Kevin Scott who says, "No, I'm standing up for that rabbit." 
and giving you the why of Jackson. And it even convinces me who's from 2014 on been like, please no Jackson, please, please no. And then she shows up and I read that story and I go, you know what? I, I like what they did with that. And it's a good reminder of, of you get someone, not just a felony, but a creator who's passionate for this, who is, who is paying respects to that era where Air of the Empire was the only thing on the shelf and finding the right way to do it. Your, your excellent point, Joseph, too, is it's not just about where we are now. It is, it is 99. I mean, mm-hmm. remember that stuff in 99? And even more in Attack of the Clones? Kind of a, a fervor, an outrage over that's not what the clones are or that's not what Mandalorians are a little bit later on in the Clone Wars era, right? That's, that's not where Boba Fett came from. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a big one, right? And so this has been a longstanding thing here and it's easy to just kind of break it down into a, uh, a binary choice, canon or legends you choose. And maybe I've been responsible for that as well. And I apologize uh, for that. Um, I got defensive. I was, I was at a bar. This is early on, early on in the Disney era, about 2016, 2017 range. I was at, I was at a bar with a, our, our friend, uh, former guest of the show, Van William, great singer songwriter. And we were just eating some chicken wings and drinking beer, watching sports or something. You know. And behind us, we hear like an entire table of, of, uh, well, I was dudes, uh, <laughs> about Disney star Wars. And so our ears perked up as fans of Disney Star Wars. And one guy loudly, because it was a, you know, a bar conversation, loudly goes, they have hundreds and hundreds of Luke Skywalker stories and they're not even using one of them. Disney's so stupid. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to, number one, I'll fight that guy. I'll fight you. I'll fight you too. <laughs> I'm going to choose a side and it's not that side, right? <laughs> and that's not necessarily right for me to base all of my legends angst on. So I enjoy this question, Aaron. I enjoy that these titles mean stuff and means just warm, special memories to a lot of fans, myself included, myself included. 1991, Ken, would be thrilled to know that Heir to the Empire would be said on a TV show and a trailer. Oh, my God, that would have been just exciting. So overall, I'm going to uh, I, I'm gonna support Aaron's idea here that uh, they're being used pretty specifically and yeah. to get to pay homage. Yeah, I'm, and I'm real. I'm really excited about it because I, I think in the hands of of Favreau and Filoni and all these other creators, it, it everything is coming so from a sense of celebration of it. It's all Star Wars, and yeah, you got to make some decisions to to make it work. But let's get to the core of it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I think for me, sometimes what I what I remember bumping against in uh, the Heir to the Empire trilogy years ago when I was a literal teenager was it felt a little bit more science fiction-y and less space fantasy. Um, I'm really looking forward to revisiting those books and seeing how I feel about it today. Um, Mm -hmm. If that was your first exposure to Star Wars, that would not bump for you at all. This is Star Wars, and it excited you. But I have have such a belief that these creators can take the core of what's exciting about planets, people, ideas, in legends, celebrate the core, and bring them into the Star Wars canon that can play with lots of genres, but to me always remains kind of space fantasy. Um, and even kind of dabble with weird, weird science fiction, but, but stay a little bit more in that, in that lane. Mm. I I think Thrawn is it. I know there are some people who don't like the adaptation of Thrawn, but in general, Mm. you know, we, we sat in a packed hall and listened to people lose their minds to see (laughs) live action Thrawn, uh, to, to, to be so happy when the actor came out 
uh, Thrawn is to me a, an example of a real success story of bringing a character in, mm. keeping the absolute core uh, yeah. of the character and having a lot of fans be really happy with it. Again, I'm sure there's even some people listening who are like, actually, I really don't like that. That's mm-hmm. always going to be the way with Star Wars. But in the big picture, it's not like, you know, toilet flush noise across the fandom <laughs> <laughs> to the way Thrawn has been been brought in. And I, I'm hoping yeah. for more of that. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, the, the other names, the Dawn of the Jedi, the New mm-hmm. Jedi Order, those are on timelines uh, that were put on the screen by this large corporation that really does care about branding. Um, I think there is a part of me that, that really agrees with you, Ken of like, well, those are logical, exciting titles for those eras and what's happening. And would you kind of have to twist yourself in a pretzel to not call it a new Jedi order? Ray is starting the Jedi again. Are you going to call it the, the fresh, Jedi Bunch, <laughs> the terrible example. Fresh, uh, fresh Jedi Bunch, a great, a great soda coming straight to you from with this film. But like, right. you, you, you might need to kind of twist it around to be like, well, why wouldn't we call it just what it is? And like, Dawn of the Jedi is a nice, dramatic, frankly pulpy title. Yeah. Um, are you going to call yeah. that, you know, Origins of the Jedi? Maybe. Uh, but so to me, there is a part of just like, well, these are good titles for it. But also, it says to me. We want to invite Legends and EU fans to to be engaged with with modern canon. It, it's expanding. Uh, nothing's going to be a direct one to one adaptation, uh, but the spirit of those eras, the spirit of those stories. What might you find in this new storytelling that connects to what excited you about those stories in the past? Yeah, it, it's uh, not that they necessarily need to do this, um, but this could be the first time in this modern era where you might have some a large group of fans finally feeling um, like like the cap has been tipped at the at their direction, right? Yeah, uh, I, I know. I understand. I think even though maybe I disagreed with a, a lot of it or disagree with the way it was uh, expressed, I, I totally got that that day in April when a lot of things were just. Erased. I, I had friends of mine, close friends of mine, being like a little gut punched by that. Mm-hmm. So uh, if this helps in any way, I, the da- the danger is still like you even said with the Thrawn thing of well, that's still not my Thrawn. I, that could happen, you know. That's not yep. my Dawn of the Jedi, totally. But I, I think you have someone like Filoni who's always Clone Wars. Your so Clone Wars is just full of that kind of stuff uh, of legends tips of the cap. So, uh, it could be a good thing. All good thing. I think. And so is Mandalorian. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the, the entire journey of, well, the Mandalorians weren't present, they were presented as a creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now then, then Luke is like, no, actually just, some people live on the planet Mandalore <laughs> <laughs> surrounding planets. And then that, that whole idea of creed comes back. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. that's a celebration of, of different perspectives and how they can work together. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Exciting times. Uh, very exciting times. You know, uh, we've often heard from from Legends fans, and I'm really excited for Legends fans, and I hope they get to feel uh, some uh, more joy from all of this, and I'm excited uh, to finally revisit those books. Uh, yeah. Just a few things to catch on. Five or six High Republic books for me to catch up on, and then <laughs> right in, right in. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to our next question. Comes to us again from Twitter from A. Zunnel. Uh, Zunnel says, Space Dads. <laughs> uh, addressing Ken and I, which 
I'll take it. Uh, Space Dads, uh, Ahmed came back, so why not Jake? Uh, no one got uh, punished by prequel hate more than him. I'd love to see it. Uh, curious on your thoughts. Thanks, y'all. Uh, thank you for the great question. This is, I think, an important question and, and a difficult question about Jake Lloyd. Ken, I know you've talked uh, in the past about your hope for, uh, for Jake Lloyd to possibly return. Uh, what are you feeling now in the wake of um, Ahmed Best has has returned in many ways. He came back to voice Jar Jar, took a little break uh, during the Clone Wars, came back and continued to voice Jar Jar and got some great stories in the Clone Wars uh, and then mm-hmm. Jedi Temple Challenge and then this this great triumph of being Keller and Beck live action, uh, mm-hmm. the kind teacher who rescued Grogu. Uh, so we're really in this this warm wave of uh, Ahmed Best um, appreciation and celebration. Where does that leave you with Jake Lloyd? It, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. I, I've been trying and, and, and at times struggling to get uh, maybe a, a piece of, of Four Center uh, media out on YouTube uh, uh, addressing this, and, and and maybe I'll still do that. Um, the, the the struggle has been I, I want this in the worst way possible, but I, I I think it's time. It's been time. I think he'd be so well received, but the reality is is uh, I, I don't know if he's in that spot because a lot of the the unfortunately public. Uh, struggles he's had, uh, some of them legal and all that stuff. But if you if you read it more, there was a, a, a some mental health issues and some some stuff he's uh, he's he's working to get out from under. And his family, the last public post from his family was was a good one. Um, and I think you're 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 right. Uh, um, this question is is touching on you know it's it's certainly not a competition between the two of them who was affected more. But that's not how the question was was meant. But like you know. Um, it was just devastating. And, and I think it led to a lot of things going on. So it would be one of those questions of uh, same with Ahmed, like, do you want to, and are you ready? And could you feel it? And I think once that's the big thing and that's the big X factor, we just don't know. And, and, and the family of Jake Lloyd, I think has done right by him in the last few years to be like, uh, we're, we're going to kind of help protect him. Um, doesn't need to be around for all this because you know one of the most heart-wrenching things was not post prequel era but that convention footage of, of of one person just asking him horrible questions and 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 jake always seeming to be a little angry and tired of it all because yeah why wouldn't you be and he was still trying to go out there you know still trying to be part of it and i think that interview was looked it was uh shared a lot differently i forget the year it popped up but you know the one i'm talking about right that it just was like it, it, it was really like uh, everyone kind of was still treating him a little wrong. I thought in the response to the interview, but now that would, that wouldn't be how that interview would be received. Right. It'd be a little no. bit more on the reporter or the person asking questions that we'd be upset at. So anyways, all this to say before I really even truly get into it uh, <laughs> is, is I want it in the worst way, but it has to come from Jake. Yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it for me of, uh, oh, well, I want whatever is best for the human being, Jake Lloyd. Mm-hmm. If, if he was in the right place and he wanted to appear at a convention, great. Mm-hmm. Then then that would be great. But it, it for me, it is all about what is best for this human being because mm-hmm. this, this human being was treated horribly mm-hmm. uh, as a human being uh, of the, the amount of people not being able to separate the art from the artist, particularly when it's a child, mm-hmm. um, at the time, and and, and that's no excuse, right? Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it's um, it, and, it, and it happened again when he was an adult. That yes. that same 
um, just the 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 step far beyond this performance didn't work for me. This film didn't work for me to just dunking on a human being mm-hmm. for cheap laughs and at the time mm-hmm. in social media retweets uh, when he got into some of his problems. So, uh, yeah. I, I, so it's, it's got to be about the human being. And I think I'm trying to find the exact right words for it. Mm-hmm. When somebody asks me, do I want it? Me? Yes, I want it, but I don't want it to be about me. Mm-hmm. It's, I would feel healing for yes. myself, for the Star Wars community, if Jake Lloyd made a triumphant return. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it can't be about me or what I want or what's best for the Star Wars community. It needs to be about first what is best for this human being. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so, so yes, I want it, but it did this massive caveat of, mm. uh, I, I don't want to really put it this way. Like, I don't want to start a petition because maybe this man doesn't want it. I yeah. don't yeah. want him to feel pressured. I don't want, I, I want him to, to just have the, the best life possible. And well, if yeah. coming back to Star Wars in any way adds to him having the best life possible, then I want that. But my own sort of selfish desire to see that healing is secondary to what this human needs. Yeah, one of the things that it, it would the the battle in a way could still go on. He could he could pop up at, at Star Wars Celebration twenty twenty five in, in, in Tokyo, and 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 without a doubt, would the the the, the building would shake with applause. I I, mm-hmm. I I do not doubt that for a second. Um, but that doesn't mean the general landscape is completely improved. There's been times where where Ahmed, who's now you know been out in front even before. Mandalorian, uh, Jedi Temple Talent Challenge mentioned it, that 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 great interview uh, he did the, that the one that was very open with our pal Jamie Stangrum, uh really put it back out there, really front and center what he went through and, and the near uh, taking of his own life. Even after that, you see him sometimes have to deal with Jar Jar is stupid, most hated character ever, and he's been responding with such grace. But also fighting back in a way. One of his comments, I remember I seen on Instagram of like, see right there where you said, you know, the most hated character ever. Like, wh- why is that even part of this conversation? Right. <laughs> yeah. So that would be something to consider, too, is, is um, you know, Jake's not on social media, all this stuff, but like it, it would still. So is it even how much value is that? You get a you get a big endorphin rush. There's probably some emotions uh, you know, we saw Hayden crying at celebration, right? Because mm-hmm. you know he he didn't go through it as much, but he went through some some of that time, some of that stuff too. To feel that you felt that emotion from him, um, it would it would be great. But yeah, then is it still worth it? Is be the question. So these and they, you know this is something we we can't answer. We can only wonder. Um, but yeah, man, I want to be there if that happens. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I think. I I did more looking into the the story of Jake Lloyd than than I have uh, mm-hmm. in previous times, uh, and, and I think there's some uh, um, some things about the timeline of his relationship with Star Wars that have maybe gotten a little bit of uh, twisted in just sort of popular knowledge, mm-hmm. popular imagination. Right. Um, he did conventions mm-hmm. up to 2014. Um, he gave some quote in around 2011, 2012 about, you know, wanting to be done with Star Wars and, and those things really, really got promoted. But if you look at it, some of them are like the tabloids from, from Britain uh, that really promoted that he continued to be engaged going to, uh, conventions. If you go on, um, on YouTube and search, you can find 
interviews with him, friendly interviews where, where he's happy and joking mm-hmm. and discussing Star Wars. I didn't watch them all because I was doing this research uh, this morning and I didn't have mm-hmm. time. But there are good, solid YouTube interviews with Jake Lloyd as an adult. He'd move on from acting, but he was still at Star Wars conventions. He was working as a, a film editor. Mm-hmm. Um, I found his actual Facebook page, just Jake Lloyd's mm-hmm. Facebook page. Um, and he one of the one of the last posts is that there's an, an interview he did in 2014 mm-hmm. where he's December of 2014, where he's still talking about Star Wars and reacting to the episode seven trailer. Uh, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't get a chance to listen. I, I don't know what the tone of that interview is, but he posted, uh, this is a really great interview. This is a really great talk. So as late as 2014, he was still engaging. He was still, he was done acting, but he was still talking and engaging w- with Star Wars. Um, and then it, the, the, uh, traffic, um, incident, the, the yeah. chase, uh, the arrest happens in 2015, his uh, family gives some reports, and uh, the most recent thing I found is uh, from his mother as recently as uh, is 2020, mm-hmm. uh, saying that he was diagnosed with a form of schizophrenia and that he was deeply affected by the death of a sibling, mm-hmm. that he's not in a facility right now, that he is living close to his family and working on his health. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I wanted to lay that out because some of that stuff I didn't know. I had the picture that he kind of walked away. Yeah, right. Uh, I knew he stopped acting, but I didn't know as recently as 2014 he was engaging with Star Wars and that he was giving interviews where he talked about Star Wars, but also talked about what else he was working on and and why. Um, and uh, you know, the, I, I guess I have no reason not to doubt um, what his family says, but that is also just like the only the only point of reference we have. You know, the yeah. The, yeah. The, the human himself hasn't hasn't made any any proclamations in a while, so. Um, I, I think it just it it made me happy to see some later interviews with him as an adult sharing his experiences, and uh, I just deeply hope that he is happy. Um, yeah, and and uh, because he deserves that after everything uh, that he went through. Yeah, both as a child and in 2015, and uh, I think mm-hmm. that that's the, the other thing for me to just. I, I think social media and the Star Wars community and the pop culture community has evolved a lot, even since 2015. It's not, yeah. it's getting to be a while ago now. Um, yeah. But uh, I remember when he was arrested and there was the, the mugshot. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to make their, their joke of now this mm-hmm. is pot racing. And yep. like, yep. you know what? Uh, if this was a fictional character, uh, that'd be a funny joke. It is. It's a funny contrast to to have to have you know a young child who's into racing and then have some hard times in life. Like, mm-hmm. great. I understand the instinct, but th- the fact that that level of cruelty toward a human suffering mm-hmm. hadn't changed since 1999 mm-hmm. to 2015 really affects me you know mm-hmm. i'm i'm not a saint i've made some jokes on social media i'd probably take back i think i used to see hollywood is more um on t- like what it's hollywood it, everyone there is powerful so they can mm-hmm. take a little ribbing uh mm-hmm. living here knowing every person who ever touches anything is is a 
a human being, mm-hmm. uh, I think has, has made me look at it differently, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just wanted to share and get, get your response. I'm, I'm, a, I'm affected by the cruelty that was inflicted on Ahmed best in 1999 yeah. on Jake Lloyd, a child who is an actor who should mm-hmm. not have had that, you know, put on him, but it didn't change any by 2015. Yeah. Uh, that it, yeah. it's really frustrating and upsetting. And I really, I think it would be different today and I really hope it would be different today. I, in some circles, it absolutely would. I think there'd still be an area of struggle, right. And, and, and going to back to what I was saying, but also I, I yeah, I, I, I love that update too. I've, I've familiar with some of it, but even some of those interviews you're talking about, I haven't heard. I want to go seek those out. Uh, and things have changed and, and maybe that, I think maybe that's part of my um, uh, hunger to see him come back, so to speak. And, and, and what I feel is a, uh, a a different era led by a, a different generation of Star Wars fans. The, I, the prequel generation has probably a different appreciation for him. And as the conversation changes, um, we, by the time this is released, you'll you'll have seen Return of the Jedi in theaters again, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Re-release. Talking to to our pals, we often do. We mention him a lot. Our buddy Ken Plume, Force Five, check him out. He, he went to Return of the Jedi screening and, and told me he goes, yeah, "It's so weird to in, in a good way." He meant it like the stuff that we used to scream about or our generation or the pop culture punditry uh, that was dominated, uh, you know, that the conversation was dominated by prequel hate or, you know, that kind of special edition hate. I was in the screening and people cheered when Hayden showed up. People liked Jedi rocks and the generation has it, it, that that's changed. I'm not, and I'm just talking about in star Wars. So I think now this could, a, a path to Jake re- being brought back to this, this era, just as, just as a, person who comes out on a stage waves even doesn't need to necessarily appear to show begins with a, a, a reevaluation of what he did bring to that role. And for every wizard or yippee that you don't like, there's some real wonderful simmering anger of Anakin. There's some real warm moments that build uh, this character and continue to, to form the structure for this, this character who goes on this powerful um, iconic redemption arc right um mm-hmm. humps from him so if we start having those conversations and start appreciating those kind of things it could lead to a better better reception beyond even just hey uh you know that's the guy uh because i think that's part of it with with ahmed too where i i, I know jar jar is not going to be favorites for a lot of people but you start to get what he means you, you i and uh, jennifer we talk about the why of jar jar chuck wendig writes that wonderful aftermath piece that all becomes powerful and and, and beyond just uh Oh, cool. That Ahmed's out. It's like now there's meaning behind the character for us. Or now we're understanding of other people's perspectives. I think that has changed. Uh, I do worry about the the comedy aspect of it. I, I've talked about it often. I, I'm with you too. I don't, there's, there's not a lot I feel I need to go back and take down from my social media pages, but there's a lot of things that I just wouldn't say anymore because my intentions uh, are not aligned with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Words matter, jokes matter. I, 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 a lot of people even listening now know me from the schmoes no movie news that I used to do, which was very snarky and very fun. And I sometimes I miss doing it. But there was a specific moment where I made a, and, and I'll say it was a very funny, in the time people still talk about it, I made a, a joke about Brendan Fraser, Fraser. And the joke was essentially kind of a has been joke, right? And got big mm-hmm. laughs on the show and it was perfectly timed. Oh, it was, as a performer, it was just one of my favorite moments. Then it comes out years later, his career was affected by sexual assault. His mm-hmm. career was uh, affected by uh, trying to speak out about that, but couldn't. 
And now we got this wonderful comeback story right now. And it seems all great now to your point of, hey, yeah, now he's all good. Now he's got an Oscar. I didn't know that at the time. And when that was revealed, I had so much shame for what I said. So much shame for I just tossed those words into the ether because to me, they had no meaning. And mm-hmm. I think that's what was going on with Jake. And you're right. It is as late as 2015 or beyond. And I bet there'd be still be some people who make those jokes now. So I think that's part of it too. If you're, if, if he's, he or his family's measuring, do we even want to do this? I, I think it's fair to say, you know, it, it still might be a problem, um, but I hope it isn't. But I think you're right. I think you're right. It's changed and different generations are leading the conversations now. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And you and I can only uh, hope, hopefully be invited to the party still. But <laughs> 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 um, I think it's, it's, it's more right than it was then. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, you said a lot of really great things. I, I think, um, for me, going back to just the core of of it's about what he wants. He's he's pretty clear about in some of those interviews about hey, happy to do the interview, but I want to work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Now that's where mm-hmm. I want to be. So you know, if he is feeling warm about Star Wars and in you know the greatest possible uh, place, uh, mental physical health, it might just be like I don't want to do that. I don't want to mm-hmm. walk in front of a thousand, two thousand people, even if they're going to applaud me. I just not what I want. <laughs> not what I want. Um, so that that's uh, always the the most important thing to me. Um, I, I think uh, everything you're saying really really makes sense to me too about just really deciding the targets of of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, we've we've talked about it uh, mm-hmm. plenty, but it, it is just it's really a decision. You know, it's it's about the. The punch up, punch down is a really great direct way to say it. And I think maybe that's it. I think maybe people just kind of feel like well, uh, Brendan Fraser's, hey, the, the guy from The Mummy? Yeah. <laughs> that that extremely handsome, wealthy man? Oh, how can I hurt him? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's more complicated than that. And and I think that's really important. And final thing for me, I also love what you're saying about is a complex question just about um, the performance in in Phantom Menace because if it doesn't work for me, for you, the first thing is <laughs> don't attack a child. Um, <laughs> the bare minimum. <laughs> bare minimum, first thing. But then there's actually like, yeah, oh, I love the prequels so much but some of the dialogue throughout all the films comes off stiff and wooden to me and, and sometimes it really works and other times there's be there's those moments where like this moment sings for me and it would sing even more if uh, lucas was more in the mood to talk to his actors <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and 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 work a beat um I feel that way, even as being a diehard fan of all the prequels. And and there might be some moments like that in Jake Lloyd's performance, but I truly think there's some phenomenal moments mm-hmm. where you see Anakin, you, you see Luke, you you see uh, Ben, uh, uh, Solo Kylo Ren coming down the line. The, mm-hmm. the, the sadness, the conflict, the, uh, the intensity, uh, there's, there's yeah. so much of, Anakin of the Skywalker lineage that I think is, is right there on screen and in a great performance. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, that's the red anger. I mean, he nailed it, nailed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, and the warmth, I'm sorry, I'm not, just, I don't want to repeat myself, but that's the stuff with Shmi is just beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And that to me, that spirit is present uh, in the throne room and in the Jedi, that that's the spirit that returns. It's a spirit he helps establish. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. The will I ever see you again is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which uh, seems like uh, perhaps a, a, a good moment to, <laughs> to end on. I think yeah. we would love to see Jake Lloyd again. Uh, we wish him the best and, uh, and hope that someday he would want to see us, the Star Wars fans, again. Any final thoughts, Ken? No, um, um, put a pin in it because I hope to one day discuss this again if we do see him again. But if we never do, I uh, thank him for his contributions to the saga I love so much. Yeah, and, and if you're interested in it, um, like I said, there there are more and later interviews than I thought there were available, and uh, I look forward to watching them in more detail. Uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our cues from patrons on Patreon back in a moment. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
And we are back for two more cues. These next two come to us from our patrons on Patreon. Uh, our first question comes from someone that we did get to meet at Star Wars Celebration in London, Ilka. I'm going to attempt to say Ilka's uh, last name. Ilka did uh, tell me how to pronounce it mm-hmm. uh, when we met. I should have got out a notebook and wrote it down phonetically because that's what I need for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ilka Patikongas. Uh, that is my attempt. I'm sure it is not entirely correct. Fun, quick story for this. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can find a a, a guide. Um, and I found a SoundCloud. I, I put in, uh, I typed uh, Ilka's last name and pronunciation, and I found a SoundCloud from Ilka say, about how to pronounce his name. But it was just his first name, and I was like. <laughs> I think I have that. I think I'm pretty good with that. I think I'm close. Ilka. I think Ilka. I'm close. Maybe I don't have it. Ilka. Uh, maybe I don't have it. Uh, but it, it was funny. Uh, it, it was Ilka. It was so wonderful to meet you, and uh, we yeah. continue to go on a journey of of trying to get uh, closer and better on the pronunciation mm-hmm. of uh, all of our listeners' names. We so appreciate. Um, meeting you and appreciate the great questions you ask like this one uh ken do you have anything to add to the pronunciation journey before i move on look our 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 american tongues i always say can only go so far and we're trying and i think it's part of the fun but but ilka and and mark and greer and and andrew McNabb, the 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 four of them we've talked about it was just such a highlight of star celebration to not not for our involvement with it but them form a connection them meeting on on discord first and in person here and just the, the joy they brought to the convention was was a highlight for me Yeah, absolutely. So here's what Ilka has to say. Hello, friends. I think one of the most interesting things about a new Jedi Order is going to be the philosophy of the Jedi. Uh, The prequels painted the Jedi Order as a flawed and fallible organization, and Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi explored some of those ideas. But the direction of the new Jedi under Rey is still unclear. For example, will attachment and romantic partners still be forbidden? Will Ray take Force-sensitive children from their families, or will the Order be formed in some other way? What other new things or rules might there be? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts or guesses on this matter. Cheers. Cheers to you. This is great. This is We keep talking about this new Jedi Order film, and we talk about the rumors about it. We talk about the business about it. We've talked about the what is Ray's journey. Is she going to be a... a a main character who goes through a, a big change, a big arc, or will she be a steadfast mentor? We haven't had the time to get into what is, in to me, some of the most exciting questions that are being asked here. So I'm thrilled with this question. Uh, Ken, where do you go with these ideas? I go, I, we're talking about generational change in our place in it as Star Wars fans and, and podcasters. This might be one that brings up one of the most Old guy vibes I have, so bear with me, folks. <laughs> there is a, a wonderful um, sense of momentum out there uh, of of all generations, but younger ones in particular that are that are questioning and at times tearing down the structures of the past, right? Mm-hmm. And analyzing it and and asking more. Well, what does this mean? And why did we follow that rule? And what is that for? And who's it hurting? And and I'm I'm there for that. It's fascinating stuff. It's uh, definitely um, just rearranged how I, I look at uh, things and look at the past and look at things I, I was a part of or sat or did or what I want to do going forward. So I'm there for all that kind of stuff. But a lot of times when it comes to the Jedi, you have the wonderful uh, justice for Jedi uh, uh, philosophy that that uh, leads us through a lot of our conversations here. I, I sometimes I'm like, and by the way, not saying that Ilka is suggesting this at all, but I think sometimes the conversations are around uh, around this tend to tend to put Jedi in the bad light 
tend to want to tear everything down. And I'm always like pumping the brakes going, but just remember the intentions. Mm-hmm. And I still think there needs to be some sort of rules for you to be a Jedi. I'm not for less rules. I'm just for more clearer rules. <laughs> and I'm for, um, you know, the, the room to grow, change and challenges Jedi, which might not have been there at the end of the order, which was part of Lucas's point. We always go to the, the union, the director guild thing where he, unions weren't the problem but what you were doing as a union at the time was the problem because it wasn't your true or original intentions and I, so I always come on that side and so this question I was just like I want to get a little grumpy and almost get in my car and go no there's got to be rules <laughs> there should be rules on attachment no romantic partners uh, and, and I personally think you still do have to recruit somehow but mm-hmm. I get the feeling that Ray's mind and heart would be very focused on, I'll, I guess, an Ahsoka-like quality because that's where Ahsoka kind of is in a lot of her adventures. We, we will see what the series brings us. Uh, but even at the end of the Clone Wars, where just, hey, if we're Jedi, we're here to help. We're here to look for places to help. And how we help is, is just important as going out and, and, and trying to help. Like, how do we approach this? Why behind it? And that just feels like the direction Ray would be going, um, especially for someone, and, and this is about the attachment and or even just directly romantic partner side of it, if, if that's what Ray run it, for someone who finally gets to go live a life, right? She's finally out and about in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would want her to right away be like, all right, I got 15 rules from ghost <laughs> Uncle Luke. And, you know, I don't know what her life was on Jakku. I'm not saying she spent every night in that uh, uh, AT, uh, AT uh, house by herself. I don't know. She hopefully had to get experience a lot of different things on that Island, but you just get a sense from Force Awakens on that she's the green, the the the, the rainwater, uh, Pasana. That's why you, me, and so many other people love the moments with her on Pasana because this is this is why we're fighting. This is what we're fighting for: life, joy, the future generations. Just a warm day in the sun. I really think Ray is experiencing that more and more throughout the sequel trilogy, and there's purpose behind that. So I don't want her to ignite that yellow lightsaber and be like, "All right, here's 15 rules." But I do think. <laughs> if she's building the order, there has to be some sort of structure. Has to be some sort of way to look at it. And I don't know if it goes too far past what was already there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I think I think everything you're saying makes a, a ton of sense to me. I think, I think it'll be interesting to have the new Jedi Order, uh, Ray's new Jedi Order, uh, if that is indeed the 2025 film coming yeah. out. I, I do think that Filoni has started, and Favreau, but Filoni's been writing these episodes mm-hmm. of, hey, we got to see Luke's school get started. Uh, the idea that Grogu is going to be the first student, uh, the, the great ant robots <laughs> building the huts, mm-hmm. that there is some interest in, in, in seeing how Luke really approached it as trying to restore an order that mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. as he started, he was like, well, a, a good thing was lost. And maybe he didn't fully have the the frame of reference of the organization got encrusted, got fearful, right. got rigid, um, lost some of the the spirit of the rules, and only focused on the the letter of the rules. Yeah. Um. And that in that that he is sort of recreating that order. Um. There could be a really interesting not to paint Luke as the failure and Ray as the success mm-hmm. at all because because mm-hmm. I don't see that. Um, but to see kind of two two different attempts to rebuild the order right next to each other could be very interesting. Right. Um, going back to just Ray, 
Uh, I really hope some of these ideas are explored. But right now, I think it's responsible speculation because it is taking the words of the confirmed director, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Charmaine Obed-Chinoy, who has said, this is a film inspired by the work I've done, the films, the documentary films I've made, where I have met real life people who have overcome massive obstacles Mm -hmm. to fight for justice in situations where justice is clearly needed to push back against horrible, crushing oppression. Mm. And that's what this is inspired by. That, to me, makes it sound like this is a film that's going to have a perspective of the Jedi are needed, they are good, they are symbols of light and hope, and they fight the darkness. I think that this film might not be as much uh, like the prequels um, mm. as a, or The Last Jedi that, that are questioning of, yep, the order is good, but what are the missteps? But more the, yep, the order is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and look, look at the other options, the darkness. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm excited speculating hopefully responsibly that it is more of a justice for the jedi story so i start from that point mm. um i did see a i can't even remember where it was because i was in a tiktok it was uh some uh red carpet type thing during star wars celebration where kathleen kennedy was asked about the film and kathleen kennedy had an offhand quote about well like, you know ray's got those jedi books and she's been learning from them and mm. who knows if that's an off-the-cuff thing or if that's mm. actually a part of the discussion and the story development um but I really like this idea that Ray has picked up from from Luke some of the doubts, some of the missteps, uh, mm-hmm. some of Luke's particular lesson of ego in, in hubris and right. uh, overconfidence and and uh, holding on too tight and trying to make everything perfect. Um, those are some of the lessons that she got directly from Luke. Well, she saw herself the absolute core need for. Yep, those are all things to be wrestled with. But at the end of the day, if someone is being hurt, if someone is being victimized, bullied, mm-hmm. somebody else has to stand in and stop that. And that's the Jedi period. Um, so I'm I'm curious if that's really, the, if that's a part of the story, that those books mm-hmm. are the core ideas. Uh, those are ancient, right? Uh, so is the idea from those books that power is a responsibility, as a Jedi, you connect with the Force. You have power. It's your responsibility to use that to help others. That's the core decision. Now, everything after that gets complicated, nuanced, situation by situation. Am I overstepping? Am I taking somebody else's agency away? Is this something that really needs my intervention? And am I falling into fears about my own you know, powers? or All, mm-hmm. all those things, it gets complicated after that, but it starts pure. Power is responsibility and it should be used to help other people. Um, And and I'm really fascinated to see if that's this perspective of the film that Ray has been going on a journey for herself, getting her, maybe training Finn, maybe training a couple other people, maybe being kind of nomadic, really has her feet under her. And 15 years later, now she's like, got it. I'll formalize it. I'll start in order. Then what Ilka is talking about really comes in of like, What were the rules of the past? How do we bring them into the future? Um, And and when I think about it, I get excited about how much of Ray's story is going to be 
continued. Um, mm-hmm. How does she, how does she feel about attachment given her life journey? A huge amount of her journey in the sequel trilogy is she wants family. Yeah, she wants knows family. the value of connection. What mm-hmm. she needed to be strong enough herself to stand up and stop Palpatine was was reaching out and feeling connected to all the Jedi who have come before before and hear those words of encouragement. Mm. She needed to find out what this connection with Ben is. Uh, she's part of a dyad. She adopted a family name. Uh, it, mm. her, her, her relationship with Finn g- gave her great strength. Uh, yeah. So I feel like this is a character who would, who would maybe be more even-handed about attachment, of knowing mm-hmm. how important it is, that love is needed, connection is needed, family is needed. And to me, the core thing is, but you got to be able to let them go. You, you, you can't mm-hmm. lash out in vengeance because something bad happens to them. If you are needed as a Jedi somewhere else and you need to leave your loved ones for a while, you need to be able to leave them even in the, in the short term. That to me is the heart of the rule. And in the, in I think the thing that Lucas really believes in. And then mm-hmm. there's a question of when does it get too rigid? So I'd love to see that be reckoned with of like, have all the connection you want but you need to be able to prove to yourself that you can let them go. Yeah. Might be the big one. Might be the big one. Yeah. Cause connection and, and, and belonging was such a part of uh, her journey, but as she learned a lot of things along the way, I love what you're saying. You said stuff earlier about direct lessons directly learned from Luke, including maybe lessons of failure on, on some of the Luke's um, decisions. Right. Um, she'd mm-hmm. have a lot to say about Jedi not just being a symbol of hope, but, but, but the why of it. Right. And, and I go to the, you know, I'm going to take a laser sword and run out there and destroy everybody. I'm not doing that Ray. And then he does his version of it. That's got to be what leaves a lasting impression on, which will lead to what you're talking about of what, what are we in this galaxy? What do we represent? What do we want to represent uh, versus some of the past failures? It's a good starting point. If she's doing the book of Ray page (laughs) one, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I feel like that's, as the years have gone on, has become one of my favorite parts of The Last Jedi of Luke is saying a truth that the Force is this cosmic, eternal thing and Jedi tap into it. Um, It's not a superpower. It's a a cosmic truth. But, and he kind of makes that point by saying it's not about lifting rocks. But when Ray has that fun line of lifting rocks, it, it it's a reminder that her physical power saves the lives of everyone there. Mm-hmm. It, and that physical power matters. It's a responsibility. And I think that's driven home in Rise of Skywalker too, when Poe is frustrated. Like you're you're just training away. We need you out there. Your your physical abilities, mm-hmm. your connection to this this force allows you to do things that other people can't do. And we need that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see if she's really stayed connected to that real practical, our abilities do make a difference and they're needed out there and we can't ever lose sight of that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and being connected to the bigger picture and the thought of the, the attachment side of it too, of just like, I think, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but a little of the stuff I played rise of Skywalker is her just, um, Afraid of who of who she is, we know that. Afraid of who she really, really, really is, and really, really who she really can be. But but that blocks her off from the Jedi from the past. Uh, it, it's almost like a weird um, 
you know, attachment to self is some, one of the ways I took it. Right. I feel like I, I got, I want to, I want to work with them. I want to, I want to keep the spirit going, but I, I, I gotta, I gotta do this by myself and releasing herself from that and, and hearing those voices and, and, and connecting to her friends and connecting to, to Finn and Poe and Ray and 3PO even, and Babu even, you know, it was part of that journey too. It <laughs> might be a different way to look at it going forward, but yeah, but, but, but knowing that you're lifting those rocks, the why, the why of the lifting of the rocks is important. The why of lifting the rocks and the just, hey, not everybody can lift rocks with their minds. And that mm-hmm. does actually matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. I think yeah. it's it, along with Luke's great philosophical truth that it is not just an X button on a video game. It is more than that. But it is also that. Is uh, There's something in that that makes me think of what I was saying up top of just when I say I think there needs to be some sort of rules. I, I, all, all I really maybe mean is there being a Jedi is a higher calling. And, and though you can train and like Lucas once said, y'all can play basketball, but some people just got skills more than you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you have to practice more to keep up that that's why. And I, by the way, I'm doing a lot of assuming that, yeah. uh, and, and that's, that's what I'm trying to remind myself of, of just like, don't toss it all out because it is, it should be a little tougher to follow. It should be. Uh, a serious mind is required, right? All that stuff Yoda kind of said mm-hmm. that not everyone can just be like, "I feel the force, I got a lightsaber, let's go kick ass." And you know, it, it, there it needs to be, you know, a little, I guess, special. But 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 you know what I mean. You know what I mean. There's Lucas purpose. has has you know said how important training is. That that's a part of the Jedi lesson. Of mm-hmm. th- these are some people are more strongly attached, but they still have to study baseball. Or basketball, in, in his analogy. It's yeah. not like, ah. And and Filoni's brought that up again and again about how that's one of the things that Lucas really imparted on him. If you're telling stories about Force users, they, they need to train. And, mm-hmm. and I know people think Ray doesn't have enough training. And she, mm-hmm. she trains with a year for Lu- with, with Leia for mm-hmm. uh, Rise of Skywalker. And um, yeah. uh, anyway, don't need to get, don't <laughs> go down that uh, Ray rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think your training is there. Uh, other thing for me about her life journey and what she learned in the sequels, and i interested to see how that would filter into into an order where she made rules. Um, I think a lot of these things for Lucas, they're, they're not inherently bad. The attachment rule isn't inherently bad. The, mm-hmm. um, the going and finding children at a young age when they're uh, open-minded and they're not getting attached to a previous life, that I don't think that's a bad thing to him. I think he has stories where questions them or questions corruption of them but they're not inherently bad to to lucas is the way i i took it i know in the real world some people feel like you know a space wizard taking your baby yeah not <laughs> even good. with permission yeah, mm. Mm-hmm. um there's plenty of star wars story time that wrestles with that but for ray what's interesting to me about that is she knows what it's like to desperately need guidance mm-hmm. look at that speech she gives to luke in the last jedi of like something's been there it's always been there but now it's awake and I don't know what it is or what to do with it. I feel like Ray as a character is like never, if it's in her power to stop somebody else going through that, that's what she wants. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious about is the beginning of her journey. Hey, I bet they're out. There are people out there who are having an awakening and they don't know what it is or why. And I want to be there for them mm-hmm. to give them the guidance that I so desperately needed. Mm-hmm. Then 15 years into that, how does she formalize it? Yeah of never wanting anyone to go through the pain of what she did of desperately needing guidance and, and not, not initially getting it. Yeah. Being rejected by it or hurt by it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Still, I'm I'm very excited. Very, very yeah. excited. Oh, there's a lot there. A lot there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Uh, some of some of the, my favorite kind of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Any final thoughts before we move on, Ken? Well, uh, my only final thought is hopefully we find out in 2025. <laughs> Just a few short years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to do math in my head. We're going to go on to our final question from Justin Jacobson. This is, is a fun one. Uh, Justin says, hello there, Ken and Joseph. I'm curious about something that calls for some speculation, so please be as irresponsible as you deem appropriate. Hmm. We've seen rebel uprisings, Ewok bachelor parties, and Gungan get-togethers, but have not witnessed much of the old ways of Mandalore. What do you think Mandalorian celebrations are like? Is it a somber prayer of thanks to the ancestors before they go off to eat by themselves? Or do they play loud music and mosh like metalheads so half the planet can hear their armor clanking? <laughs> uh, I, I feel like Justin submitted this um, before the fast, last couple episodes of, the, of uh, the Mandalorian where you know we saw them at the, uh, the foundry relighting ceremony and there was some clanging and clanking. Uh, so, Ken, where do you go with this? How do ancient Mandalorians party? Well, okay, so you and I grew up in the, in the 70s and 80s, Joseph, where Tupperware parties were a thing. Um, <laughs> and a few of those in my day. Uh, I think the Mandalorians have training parties. That's what they have. I think you saw a glimpse of it on Dinosaur Attack River, uh, you know, caves there, <laughs> where that episode that begins with all the training, that's kind of how the partying went down. Now, I do agree with you that what we saw at the Great Forge is also probably part of it. So I think actually, Justin, what you're suggesting, I think there's a mix of the two ways. It, there's like, let's have a somber uh, moment of reflection and we all go eat our chips and salsa by ourselves. And you come <laughs> back here for the fighting. Everyone come back in. We'll have some ritual fighting. And I don't think, uh, you know, I'm a little bit uh, joking a little bit, but I, I don't think that's far from what would be the truth for me. Yeah. I, 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 I would definitely agree with that. I think that, uh, you know, Based on the Mandalorian's uh, applause system of bashing their <laughs> Beskar van braces together, uh, which we saw when Ragnar was rescued and then when the Great Forge was relit, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that feels very traditional um, and very very loud. Uh, you know, and we also did see that they've got they've got drums in the the ceremony. That's true. Uh, that we see on uh, Dinosaur River Island uh, planet. Um, uh, mm-hmm. So. And we did see kind of a an awkward um, meal, right? Where they yes. it, they, they called for the feast, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the side that takes their helmets off were, were eating while being stared at by the side that doesn't take their helmets yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I think it is a a kind of a massive. Um, like almost uh, uh, in, in real world traditions, midwinter festival carnival mm. of mm. Uh, depending on the helmet rules. I think <laughs> there are probably some competitions that get a little, maybe it's meant to just be like a flamethrower competition, but maybe it gets a little feisty. Yeah. Uh, maybe there are organized knife fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I think that there are traditional Mandalorian drinks that we haven't heard about, like very high IBV yeah. <laughs> or ABV uh, uh, alcohol, um, like a, a drink called like Blood of the Mythosaur, things yeah. like that. Some ancient heavy drinks. Um, mm. I think there's probably some group screaming rituals where they all just scream for Mandalore for Mandalore. <laughs> yeah, just for Mandalore's sake. Yeah, there's some little yeah. uh, little like pigs in a blanket called Rockets of the Knee. <laughs> yep yep i think it's a big loud 
party myself. Yeah, yeah. More gregarious than maybe you'd think. The whole yeah. group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the fun things that we still don't know because children of the watch, you know, claim to be following the old ways. Um, and they seem to have extremely detailed rules. We joked about, you know, I love the, well, when you're in a hunting party and you all have to go off to different places, take your helmet off and eat alone, the leader of the hunting party gets to stay by the fire. Like mm-hmm. that, that's some serious pedantic level of rules. So I feel like they might have a long list of exactly how the party goes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And at exactly three hours into the party, somebody says this poem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do think all of this started to change and maybe there was a breaking point when at one point, maybe on Mandalore, in Sundari City, there was a party and someone's like, you know what? Nuts to this. Everyone take your helmets off. And those <laughs> that did went that way. And then the others went the old way. Oh, I like that, that the helmets got uh, taken off because the party just got too wild. Yep. Too wild. Yeah. Love it. A very fun question. That is it for our cues, uh, but we do have a power of the light side segment. If you're a patron on uh, Patreon, uh, we uh, put out this call for submissions. Uh, just look for the posts page uh, and scroll down to the picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi smiling at the Skywalker twins and let us know your entry of uh, just something uh, in Star Wars that makes you feel happy. Here is an entry today from James Pasqualucci. James says, hello there, Force Center. For my power of the light side, I wanted to celebrate a piece of Star Wars that has great significance to me, the Clone Wars Season 1 trailer. I never dreamed we would get anything beyond the original six films, but I always wondered if there could be more to this galaxy I cherished. I did learn about Legends, but I just did not gravitate to it, so I just put it out of my mind. I was more than satisfied with these wonderful six movies. But then I discovered something. The Clone Wars movie. That is how I learned about the Clone Wars. I watched the movie and fell in love with it. However, I did not watch the TV show immediately, probably because I was 9 to 10 and still figuring out how the heck TV worked. But for years, I would continue to watch the movie. Before the menu came on, the season one trailer played and it captivated me. Mm -hmm. To me, it was a symbol of this galaxy existing beyond the films. I was fascinated by some of Yoda's lines like, in this war, a danger there is of losing who we are or rush not into fights. Long is the war only by surviving it. Will you prevail? I love the banter between Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. I was thrilled to actually see Dooku and Grievous talking together mm. and thinking what Dooku meant to, uh, by saying there was an ongoing stalemate in the war. I was terrified to see Ventress looming over Luminara and saying that all Jedi must fall. Eventually, I did get to the Clone Wars. It wasn't long after that the new continuity was established. Now, all these years later, I go back to this trailer. Star Wars has expanded beyond my wildest dreams, beyond this original footage I obsessed over. But it all started with this trailer. I go back to it to remember what I was dreaming of. And now with more movies, TV shows, books, and more than I know what to do with, with more moments that have moved me than I could have ever thought, with so much more coming. After seeing that expanded timeline from Celebration 2023, I smile that the last line of this trailer I loved came true. Their galaxy isn't far, far away anymore. Thanks for letting me share this. I put the link to the trailer below if you'd like to watch it. James, I did like to watch it. I watched it and I liked it. It was was so great. That trailer was uh, phenomenal. Uh, I'll share a couple more thoughts, but Ken, I want to get you in here for your thoughts. I lo- this is why we, we talk about entry points and 
generational viewpoints and perspectives. And while, you know, it might be a quick laugh to make a joke about the Clone Wars movie or even early Clone Wars or the Clone Wars series overall, which I still have every now and then. But man, that might be your journey, but that does not does not guarantee that it ever is everyone else's journey. And James, this is a powerful story. And I love you and I talk often and you mentioned recently made a great joke about just having like one thing on VHS that you had to watch over and over and over till it wore down because that's all you had. Right. Mm -hmm. From that sprung so many questions and what ifs and uh, imaginary scenarios, uh, fan fiction in your own heart, everything about just imagining what came after this or what it would mean. or uh, And a lot of it came from just trailers or a behind the scenes special. And this is an example of that for you, James, uh, and a wonderful share. Yeah, absolutely. I went on such a journey with the Clone Wars myself, and, and mm-hmm. some of that journey mm-hmm. was totally about entry points to Star Wars and expectations. And uh, for myself, just n- not having enough imagination or patience to see where the story goes. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw the movie and I enjoyed parts of it, but I was challenged by it. And then uh, I wasn't nine to 10 years old, uh, but I <laughs> but I couldn't afford cable. So I didn't have access to it. And people kept telling me over the years, it, it, it gets better. It gets so good. It gets so good. And now I love that movie because it's the beginning of the journey and I can see the intent. Uh, so Clone Wars has just been one of my greatest journeys in Star Wars from having my walls up to being continuing to be one of my favorite parts of Star Wars. When I watched an episode of Clone Wars, I was just like, this is this is for me, prime Star Wars. Here we are. Let's go. This is great. Um, so I'm sure I saw this trailer back in the day and I'm sure parts of it I was excited by and I'm sure other parts was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't we? Didn't we just go through this with Anakin and in, in the dark side? What are, what are, what are we doing here? What are we? Mm-hmm. I, I think I would have had some of those walls up uh, when I originally watched it. It's such a gift mm-hmm. to see it again with now my own love of the Clone Wars and being like, yeah, that's Yoda's great speech from ambush, the first episode. You know, um, oh, that's the malevolence arc, and like, know know all the beats mm-hmm. and be excited about them. There's that fresh perspective. But more than anything, it's a gift to watch this from James's perspective in knowing that this was that that thing mm-hmm. <laughs> on a VHS or a DVD uh, that fired his imagination. And to see it through that perspective and imagine what if that's all you knew about the Clone Wars. Yeah. It's so exciting to watch it from that perspective. So thank you for that gift, James. That's amazing. Yep. What is this? Wow. What is this? And what a great sentiment. Uh, I did not remember that their galaxy isn't far, far away anymore. (laughs) That is, that is becoming more and more true as James said. So yeah, absolutely great stuff. Any final thoughts, Ken? Uh, No, love these shares. This is why we do it. You all make it so fun to hear your own journeys, which often sync up with ours, but sometimes are completely different. And that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they're, they're even the same spread out Mm -hmm. over the mists of time and age. So yeah. Great uh, Power of the Light side. Great cues, everyone. Thank you so much. That is it. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pond. Uh, we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there to get some of our content that is playing there. Like Figure Fights, Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Uh, we're available on a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Just search, you'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And as we said up top, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Uh, you can follow me at Catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com for more. Where can they follow you, sir? 
You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Mastodon, uh, Spout Hub. I don't know. I'm not on, on that one yet. I'm waiting for a yeah. invite to Blue Sky mm. so I can join that and have everybody be excited and then have everybody leave that in three months. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Instagram. Instagram's real solid. I'm not going anywhere from Instagram. So uh, mm-hmm. find me there. Find my mm-hmm. YouTube. Uh, my handle is at Joseph Scrimshaw on everything or YouTube. Just search for Joseph Scrimshaw. But that is it for now, for myself, for Ken, for the imminent return of Talon Card, maybe. This has been Cues of the Rose. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.